0: Let me ask you a question. Have you ever gotten to a point in a relationship where someone is wanting to take the next step in the relationship and you're kind of like, oh, that's where you are. OK, I, I'm I'm here, but but you clearly are, are are there. OK, or or maybe you were the one that like were, were you were at a place in the relationship where you kind of expected more. You're kind of like I, I'm here, but but. I can tell you're, you're, you're down here. You're not expecting, you're not looking for the same thing that I'm looking for in the relationship. And in dating relationships, uh, this typically happens in three main places. Okay. The, the first one is this, is when your boyfriend or girlfriend says, Hey, I, I want to be. Boyfriend, girlfriend, go out, be exclusive, like it's just me and you, like we're not gonna see other people. And um, if you've ever been uh, confronted with that or asked that, you know, whatever, you're like, oh, that's where you're at. Okay, Um, I'm not there yet, but man. That's I'm glad you're there. Bless your heart. I'm not there but I but, but man, that's awesome that, that that you're there, okay? And then when you start dating, like you are on the same spot, you are kind of thinking the same thing and you're you're dating, you're exclusive. Um typically the next step a lot of times is to meet your parents. And you're like, "Hey, you want to come with me and and meet my parents?" You're like, "Oh, that's where you think we are." Okay? Um I'm not there, but that's good that you're there. No, I don't want to go meet your parents. Okay. Um, or maybe you're the one asking you're, you're thinking, Hey, it's time for, uh, her or or him to to meet my family. And you're asking, and you can tell by the look in their eyes, they're like, Oh, you're not there. I'm there, but but you're not there. Uh, so, so that happens. Then a lot of times it happens when it's time to get married. And if you hadn't really ever talked about this yet, uh, this hasn't been discussed yet. Uh you can show up and propose and you're like you're you're seeing the dude down on his knee like, "Oh, that's where you're at." Uh I'm not there. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not ready for that. Or 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 guys, you're you're proposing and you see in in her eyes like this was a mistake. This isn't going to go well. I'm at this point in the relationship, but she's not. Okay. So, so that happens for all of us. Okay. In relationships, whether it's a dating relationship or friend or family member or whatever, this happens. Okay. You're at a certain point in a relationship, but the other person isn't. Okay. But the nature, the tendency of relationships is to get more serious. It's to expect more. From the other person. It's just what happens in relationships. And listen, the same thing happens in your relationship with Jesus. It does. That relationship grows and the relationship changes. And we're going to see the dynamics of those changes in that relationship tonight. Where it starts and what that's like and then where it's supposed to get to. What Jesus will call us, will invite us into. He'll invite us into so much More, but in this series, here's what we've been saying the last few weeks. We 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 started out with this, and we're going to do it again tonight. Okay, it's this: is that a lot of times our heart and our minds will lead us astray in thinking or believing uh, certain things about Jesus, and so we've said the things that we come up with about. Jesus, like who he is and what he's like and what he must think is right and wrong, things like that. Those thoughts, those feelings will lead us astray. We saw last week, Jeremiah 17 says, the heart is deceitful. You can't trust it. It's deceitful above everything else. Your heart is wicked. Don't trust your heart. Don't trust your... Feelings. We saw in Romans 1 that we can't trust our mind or our own wisdom, our own thoughts, our own understanding about who God is and what he's like, because all we do, Romans 1, is come up with foolish ideas and thoughts about who God is and what he's like. And so we've said in this series, we trust our hearts, we trust our minds about who Jesus is, what he's like, what he wants. We come up with foolish ideas. Our hearts lead us astray. We come up with a fake Jesus that doesn't really exist. We come up, we tend to come up with a Jesus that feels good to us, that seems good to us, that looks good to us. But when we do that, we come up with a fake Jesus that is not real. And we've said the last few weeks, this is where every false religion on the face of the planet throughout history has come from. People, coming up with who God is and what he must be like. And so Romans 1 says that the foolish people who had their foolish thoughts about God made up a God, created a God that looked like mere people. We always do that. We we make gods in our own image. But the Bible says when we do that, we trade the truth of God for a lie. And so in this series, what we've been saying is we're going to get rid of the fake Jesus. We're going to get to know the real Jesus. We're going to trade the lie for the truth of God and we're gonna to get to know the true, real Jesus, okay? And we're gonna do that again tonight. We're gonna to see two aspects, two things about Jesus, two parts of who he is and his nature that seem to oppose one another, but in Jesus, perfectly and beautifully fit together. And here's the first one. The first thing we're gonna see about Jesus tonight is that Jesus is more patient than you can possibly imagine. Jesus is more patient than you can possibly imagine. And that's great news, and you're going to see it here in just a second in John chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, uh, go on our website, radiochurch.com, select message notes, and you can follow along with this, and we'll have the verses on the screen. Jesus, the first thing we'll see about him tonight in his nature, is more patient than you can possibly imagine. Let's go. John chapter 6, starting in verse 1. It says this, after this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. And watch this. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went. Why, why was a huge crowd following? Why were thousands of people always following Jesus? Because. So here's the reason. Here's the reason all these crowds kept following him. Because they saw his miraculous signs. As he healed the sick, I'm sure you can imagine. You see someone walking around healing the sick. People who are blind are now seeing. Those who are now, who are lame, who are, those who were, were sick are now well. Jesus is healing the people. And, and, and obviously a crowd of people forms because this healer can heal the sick, raise the dead. And so crowds and crowds of people are following Jesus because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw, again, a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? Jesus has huge crowds following him by the thousands because he's healing people. He's feeding people in this moment. And and it's interesting here in John that John almost acknowledges like the reason at this point in time, at this point in the relationship, the reason people are following Jesus is because of the miraculous signs that he was doing. Because of what he was doing for them. Because of the way that he was helping them and, and healing and blessing them in this situation, feeding them. And so John acknowledges, and Jesus knows, because he knows all things, that at this point in the relationship, many, many of the thousands, the crowd, are following him because of the signs. Not because of who he is, not because they understand who he is and, and what he's going to want for them and what he's going to do for them and and all those he, they don't know all that. They don't understand all that yet. They don't get everything yet. They're following him because of what Jesus is doing for them. And listen, Jesus knows it and he does it anyways. Jesus knows that the crowds, the thousands are following him because of the things that he's doing for them because of the miraculous signs and he does them anyways. He knows that's the level of the relationship, but he does it anyways. He knows that's all they're after at this point, but he does it anyways. Jesus wants people to explore who he is. He, he wants he, He's okay with this, with this crowd that, that are, are just figuring him out. They don't, they don't know everything yet. They don't know who he is yet. They're, they're just exploring, they're, they're figuring him out, they're, they're trying to say, who, who is this guy? What, what is he saying? What, what is he like? What, what, what does he want? They're just getting to know him. It's like the beginning of a relationship. You're just getting to know each other. It's not a deep relationship yet. There's not a lot of expectation there yet. No, it's, it's the beginning of the relationship. That's why, guys, you don't walk up to a girl when you first meet her and say, the Lord told me we're getting married, okay? That's weird. You don't, you don't have that kind of expectation yet when you first meet someone. You're just getting to know them. And Jesus knows that's the relationship. That's the status of the relationship right now. And he's perfectly okay with it. He is patient with people who are exploring, who are figuring him out, who are just listening to what he has to say. And really, they may only be there because of the things that he's doing for them right now. But Jesus is okay with that because the things that he's doing for the people allow them to get to know him, get to know his heart and hear him. And so he keeps doing the miraculous signs. So check this out. Jesus invites you to come and see. Jesus is inviting you to come and see. To see, to figure him out, to explore, to have your questions answered. He invites you. He invites people to just come and see, to come and check him out. And Jesus knows full well that in inviting people to come and see, just to to check him out, to explore him, he knows that not everyone, not everyone who he feeds, not everyone who he heals in this moment are going to follow him. He knows they won't. Some will continue to ask for one sign after the next so that he'll continue to prove himself. Some, as Jesus gets a little bit more serious in the relationship and begins to say who he is, some are going to turn away. In fact, Jesus told a a parable. He told a story of four soils, four different kinds of soils. And in this parable, in this story that Jesus tells about these four soils it represents four different kinds of people, there's four different kinds of people who will receive the word immediately and with joy. They'll receive the truth. They'll receive the, the truth about Jesus immediately and with joy and excitement. But then Jesus is "But the worries of life and, and wealth and all those kinds of things will come and they'll begin to crowd it out and steal that, that seed. Jesus talked about one of the soils was, was kind of like people who received the word, but then the troubles of life, the trials of life, the suffering in life come and steal that seed of truth that some would follow him and want to follow him and they're seeing and they're checking out. But, but then trial happens, tragedy happens. And instead of continuing to follow him, they, they turn and they turn away. We talked about that in a series last semester about when we face trials that deflate our faith and turn away. And Jesus said there would be people like that. And, and Jesus also said that there would be people who would check out Jesus. They, they would be seeing what it's all about and, and they would be excited. They would be a fan. They would be a part of the crowd. But in spite of the worries of life, in spite of wealth, suffering, trials, they would decide, they would choose to follow Jesus anyways through it and in spite of it. And Jesus said there will be some, there will be some in the crowd that will follow him and they will produce Fruit. In other words, they will bear a crop, Jesus is 30, 60, and 100 times what has been sown. They will become followers. They will become disciples of Jesus, regardless of the cost, regardless of the trial. They'll pursue Jesus. But Jesus knows and in this crowd of thousands that are really only after him for the signs, he knows as he begins to call them and invite them to more, challenge them to more. He knows there's going to be some that aren't going to follow him, but he chooses to heal and perform miraculous signs and to feed anyways, because Jesus invites people to come and see. And so in order for people to come and see, in order for people to to want to come and see, he meets people right where they're at, in their need. He says, I'll do this for you. I'll serve you. I'll bless you. I'll heal you. So that you'll listen. So that you'll get to know me. He invites people to come and see. He is great. He loves people to come and see. Jesus is more patient with people than you can possibly imagine. You know the only people he wasn't patient with? When you read through the Gospels in the New Testament, you know the only people that Jesus wasn't really patient with? The religious people the people who thought they had it all together. Jesus could, he, he couldn't stand the Pharisees. These were the teachers of the law, the religious leaders, the religious teachers. I call them the religious police. Policing everybody, judging everybody looking at who was doing what this and who, who wasn't doing this, who was giving this and who wasn't giving. The, the, the religious police of the day, the Pharisees, Jesus had lots of problems with them and didn't have a lot of patience for them. The only people. Jesus had plenty of patience with sinners. He had plenty of patience with people who, who doubted, who wondered, who had questions, who weren't too sure. He had tons of patience with people who were figuring him out, who were exploring Because Jesus invites people to come and see. Jesus was more patient than you can possibly imagine. And so if you're here tonight and you have doubts, you have questions, maybe you've been even denying Christ, not believing. You haven't haven't believed. Denying, doubting, questioning, wondering. Exploring. Exploring. Jesus invites you to come and see. Come and check me out. He meets you right where you're at. And invites you to come and see, come and explore. Jesus is more patient with people than you can possibly imagine. And though he wants more from the relationship, He's perfectly fine and willing here in John chapter six to perform another miraculous sign for the crowd of people so that they continue to explore and get to know and figure this guy out. Jesus was more patient than you can possibly imagine. And yet at the same time, secondly, Jesus was more demanding than you can possibly imagine. Jesus was more demanding than you can possibly imagine. You know, the nature of relationships as they grow, as they age, is they change. That's the the nature. The expectation in a relationship changes as it grows. And so the more serious you get with someone, oftentimes the more sacrifice is involved. Let me give you an example. For you, my relationship with you, okay? Here's the, the basis probably of the relationship from, from you to me, okay? What you expect from me in our relationship. And you're like, you talking about like me and you? Yes, me and you, okay? This is probably the expectation. You expect when you come here, okay? This is probably, you, you expect these life-changing, hilarious, emotional, Powerful messages and I deliver every time, right? And and so it's a joke. Okay. Um, Calm calm down. So, so, so you expect that. Okay. Um, you expect probably for me, if you're struggling, I'm going to, I'm going to pray for you. I'll meet with you. You can email me. You can have a question and I'll answer. Okay. There's different things that you're going to expect from me. You're probably going to expect me to, to live a life that a spiritual life anyways that you would want to follow if not you probably wouldn't be here so so those are some of the things you may expect from me as a pastor as your pastor but my wife on the other hand expects some totally different things she expects me to take out the trash I don't come to your house and take out your trash, okay? If I was there, I, I might, but for you to just expect that of me would be weird, okay? To say, hey, can you come to my apartment, or my door, and, and take out the trash? I'd be like, uh, can you do that? Like, that's weird, okay? My wife says it on the other hand, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, there's no, trash, I'll take it out, okay? She, she expects that from me, okay? She expects me to uh, discipline and take care of my kids, or to watch my kids to care for them. She expects me to be a good dad, she expects me to be a good husband when she's sick, like she was a couple of weeks ago when my, all, everyone in my family had, uh, had the flu. She expects me to take care of her, right? I mean, for rich or poor, in sickness and in health, I'm taking care of her when she's sick. She, expects, she should expect that of me. I'm her husband. She expects me to love her, to provide for her, to provide for her needs. All of her needs, and I'm happy to oblige them, and I'm happy to give, right? I mean, I'm happy to meet her needs. That's the expectation in the relationship. But it's different. It's different from when we are dating. It's different from when we are engaged. There's different expectations. The relationship is totally different. It's grown. It's changed over time. And listen, the same thing happens in your relationship with Jesus. Jesus is more patient than you can possibly imagine, but he's also more demanding at the exact same time than you can possibly imagine. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Back to John chapter 6. Jesus starts out and the crowds are following. He's healing people. He's totally okay with that. and He knows why they're following and now he's going to feed them. Okay, that's the beginning of John chapter 6. Now we're towards the end of John chapter six and watch how the relationship, the expectation, the call, the invitation begins to change. Watch this, John chapter six, starting in verse 48, it says this, Jesus says to this crowd, he's fed them, now they're listening to him teach. He says, yes, I am the bread of life. He's just fed them fish and bread. He's, he, he's physically, he's, he's fed them. Now watch. He's saying the sign that I perform is pointing to something else. It starts there. But listen, I want so much more for you. I gave you the fish and the bread to fill your belly. I met the need right where you were at. I invited you to come and see, but listen, that's not where the relationship ends. That's just where it begins. And so I'm going to point, I'm going to call you to so much more. You're in the crowd right now. You're a fan of me right now. But I'm going to call you to more than just being a fan. I'm going to call you to being more than just in the, a person in the crowd, a number in the crowd. I'm going to call you to so much more. And so look, he says, the bread that you have given you, look, it's filled your belly. But listen, look, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. We've seen in the past weeks, Jesus, had, in John chapter 4, the woman with the well saying, I'm the living water. Drink from me, you'll never thirst again. Here he's saying, because he's fed them, they've got bread in their hands, and he's saying, look, you see the miraculous sign, but it points to something so much more. The relationship gets so much better. it gets so much deeper, and he says, "Look, the bread that's in your hand that I've just fed you, I am that bread. The bread that's in your hand that you're eating that's satisfying you, it's going to pass. but I'm the bread of life, and if you eat for me, you'll never die. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever, and this bread, which will offer, which I will offer so the world may live, is my flesh speaking of his death on the cross where his body would be broken for us. Then the people began arguing with each other about what he meant. How can this man give us his flesh to eat, they asked. And so Jesus said it again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood. oh, what are you talking about here, Jesus? What are we talking about? You cannot have eternal life within you. You can't have eternal life unless you... Eat my flesh, the bread of life, and Jesus doesn't drink his blood. You, you can't have eternal life unless you do that. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I am in him Jesus, things are getting a little bit weird here, okay you're talking about eating your flesh, drinking your blood, all that kind of stuff like I don't know if I'm ready for that like that's a relationship that seems weird I'm not too sure I'm ready for that or want to go there it's kind of like you're you're scaring me Jesus, okay this was all cool, but now you're now you're kind of scared now you're making me uncomfortable you you were all you were doing was making me comfortable and I was wanting to come and see. I was invited. I was invited to come and see and I was exploring. And I, was, I was checking you out and all you were, you were making me comfortable but now things are getting a little uncomfortable. In fact, right after these verses in John chapter six, it says that many people said, this is a hard teaching. This is difficult and they left him. Many in the crowd, the thousands that were there, and it's believed to be with men, women and children it was 10,000 12,000 plus people who were gathered here in this moment hearing Jesus say these things and they're like whoa 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 this is this is difficult this is hard you're saying you're the way to eternal life i'm not so sure about that you see, the conversation gets a little bit difficult. The relationship is progressing, and Jesus in the beginning is inviting people to come and see. Well, now the relationship's getting a little tougher, and he's calling for more. And it says that many people in the crowd that day who were fans of Jesus, who were one, in the cro- who were one of many in the crowd, left him. They left. And they said, this isn't for me. Jesus invited people to come and see, but then the relationship progressed and it starts to get a little bit more difficult and Jesus begins to call out for more. Here's another example in Luke chapter nine. Watch this. Jesus said this, verse 23, then he said to the crowd, there again, this crowd, this huge crowd, fans of Jesus, excited about Jesus and what he's doing for them. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, okay, you want to You want to follow me? You want to be my disciple? You must, watch this, give up your own way. Take up your cross daily, which to them was a method of torture and execution. Jesus is saying, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if, watch this, you want to follow me? But if you want to give up your life for my sake, You will save it. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world and you yourself are lost or destroyed? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the son of man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the father and the holy angels. Come and see. But when you come and see, when you check me out, when you explore me, The relationship is going to progress. It's going to change over time, just like all relationships do. And I'm going to call you to more. I'm going to invite you to more. I want so much more for you. And so Jesus does this. Jesus challenges you to come and die. You want to be his follower? You give up your way. You follow Jesus. You do things his way. You're not a